my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Math & Magic, a production of iHeartRadio. I'm always a person that doesn't look back. You know, I'm a guy who likes to tear down the rearview mirror. And I always think about where I'm going and I think less about my failures. I'm a little bit like a defensive back on a football team who just got burned for a touchdown. I always think I'm going to intercept the ball. Hi, I'm Bob Pittman. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. On this podcast, we explore marketing and business through the two key marketing concepts of analytics and creativity. Today, we're going to explore the magic, the creativity through a palette smell and taste and understand how that magic built a career and a business for remarkable entrepreneur and creative christian navarro the president of los angeles-based wallace 
He's been called the wine therapist to the stars, Hollywood's favorite wine expert, and the Michael Jordan of wine. Born in Mexico City, raised by a single mom in Palm Springs, he had his first sip of wine at 10 and demonstrated his amazing nose before he was a teen. He's a high school dropout who made good. He's been homeless and is now on the board of an organization focused on helping the homeless. He loves art, travel, and cooking, and I got to know him over a decade ago when he helped us launch Casa Dragones Tequila. But above all else, he's a really great guy. Christian, welcome. Hi, Bob. Thanks for having me. This is a real big treat for me. Well, listen, before we dig into your life and your lessons, and you got a lot of them, we want to explore you in 60 seconds. Ready? Ready. Do you prefer sunrises or sunsets? Sunrises. Palm Springs or Los Angeles? Los Angeles. Red or white wine? Both. <laughs> wine or tequila? Now it's tequila. A car or motorcycle? Both. Picasso or Matisse? Matisse. Fiction or nonfiction? Nonfiction. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Okay, here we go. It's about to get harder. Smartest person you know? It could be Mike Milken. Childhood hero. Leonardo da Vinci. Okay, well, let's get a really hard for you. Favorite wine. Whatever's in my glass. <laughs> Favorite clothing designer. Right now it's Celine with Hedy Lemay. Secret talent. Juggling. Guilty pleasure. Watching uh, TV game shows. <laughs> so what would the title of your autobiography be? I would say perseverance and giving back. All right, let's get going. I got to know Christian when we launched Casa Dragones Tequila. Berto Gonzalez, my co-founder and genius CEO of Casa Dragones and I, had a tasting party in L.A. thrown by my friend and the founder of Daily Candy, Danny Levy. She invited all the folks she thought should know about this new tequila, and Christian, you came. You had great ideas, terrific advice, gave us such key support in the early days and on through the development of it. Turns out, of course, that lots of folks look to you for your opinion, both consumers and others in business, restaurateurs, retailers, etc. And having your endorsement was like gold. I was completely new to the spirits business and had no idea who you really were when you showed up. But in about a minute, I realized how special you were. Is that the way you usually discover new products? You just show up and here you are and away you go? Well, you know, you know this because you've discovered so many things yourself. It's a feel. And in any business, forget the product, it's the people around it that really will end up making the product what it is. You know, speaking about Castro Dragones, I was compelled to come here and discover this because you guys are looking at it completely different. So I'm always looking for things that are authentic, that I can believe in, that I'd be proud of to share with my friends, and that's how I do things. So when you find a product that you love, how do you decide what to do with it? I mean, you must see tons of products. How do you make that decision about what fits where? Well, you know, I learned this from a couple of my friends who are highly successful, and they said one of the greatest things you can do in life is learn to listen. And if I find a product I like, I really try to listen to what that producer of that product is trying to do in the world and what the product itself is trying to say. And then I try to give advice on many directions. You know, do you want to be a Budweiser or do you want to be a Castor Dragonis? Do you want to go this way or you want to go that way? And if you listen, you know, most things in life will come clear to you. So Hollywood 
is a tough club to break into. Yet, here you are. You're the go-to wine expert for the stars. Was there one big name that discovered you and your skills and brought you into that exclusive club? Yeah, there's one guy who I owe most of my career to. Two guys, really, but one's in Hollywood. His name's Michael Ovitz. We still do things together today, but in the 80s, when I first got into business, he and Mike Milken were kings of Los Angeles, and for that part, kings of America to a large extent. And he took a liking to me, and at the time, CAA was really the only place to be, and he turned me on to everyone in Hollywood through his clients, and that's how it started. I owe most of it to Mike Milken and Mike Ovitz. How did you find them, or how did they find you? I was working in a wine store, basically sweeping floors and helping them put wines in their basket. And we started talking and I started to articulate it. And, you know, Ovitz, she really likes to discover things and discover people and art and all these different things. And he was just very supportive and had no problems with introducing me to all of these people. I didn't even know who they were at the time. And now I'm like one of the old guys who know the old guys. But uh, (laughs) Michael O did it all for me, I have to tell you. So I know you can't talk about specific people, but are the stars still the big influencers for wine and spirits? And how important is it for your business to use their support and influence? In the old days, when I was coming up in the 80s, as well as you know, celebrity was everything. Now it's important because they have great followings and influence in social media, et cetera, et cetera. But now what we're starting to see, there are influencers and then there are influential people. And those influential people can really change the path of things. Much how you do in business, Bob. I mean, you're not an influencer, but you're one of the most influential men in the world. And you've created a lot of opportunity for a lot of people. So even though celebrity is important, it's becoming less and less today. That's interesting. And when you think broadly about the lesson you could share, because this podcast is about lessons, how would you suggest people use Hollywood to establish products and brands, clearly which you've done and spirits and wines which you've been associated with have done? Well, I'm right now advising a couple of celebrities in particular products, which I can't go into at the moment, but it'll come clear soon, is they just can't put their name on it and walk away and expect people to buy. They have to be all in. You know, the way you are with Castro Dragonis, you put your own money into it, you put your own energy into it, and so did a lot of your friends. But you have to own it and you have to really stand behind it. Let's take a step back in time. I want to get some context on you. You were born in Mexico City, but your mom brought you to the U.S. as a toddler. Why, where, and how? Well, why, you know, the 60s um, in Mexico were a wild place. It wasn't about narcos. It was about politicos in the 60s. And it was a very volatile situation. And my father died in, in an unfortunate circumstance. And so we came to the U.S. basically in hiding. And so my mother tried to Americanize me. And so we lived around the country. I lived in Kimberly, Idaho and Tonopah, Nevada, and, you know, all over the place. It was uh, out of need, not out of want. So you were a kid of the 70s. You were a teen of the 80s. And you moved around a bit, as you said. Can you paint the picture of those times where you grew up and what it was like? What was that environment that that shaped you? For me, you know, my mother ended up being a victim of the 70s. So for me as a childhood, in all honesty, it wasn't pleasant. It was bitter. 
it was poor, it was abusive, and it was cold. So my memories as a child have never been super great, but what it's done, it now drives me really, really hard to try to make sure that these things don't happen to other people. And, you know, you had this tough childhood, but the story goes that you had your first sip of wine at 10, and you impressed some cellar masters very early in your life with your smell. Can you tell that story? Yeah, my mother was working as a cocktail waitress in a restaurant, and I guess there was a, they didn't really call them sommeliers in those days, a wine steward with one of those Testavan things around his neck, and as a joke, he asked me to taste the wine, just a little sip. And I said, yeah, it was kind of like strawberries. And he was shocked that somehow I could articulate that. And I don't know if it was luck or I've got this keen sense of smell and taste that it's even in my dreams. So it's always been extremely important. And at that point, at 10 years old, I knew that I had something different, but I didn't even really at that time know what it is because what I do now didn't really exist in those days. So... Looking at you today, and this is a podcast, so people can't see you, but they can hear you. You're this refined, elegant businessman, knows the ways of the world, fits in anywhere. I would have never imagined you were a high school dropout, and you were even homeless for a period of time. How did that happen? Uh, Again, my mother was a victim of the 70s, and then the 70s got worse, and they called it the 80s. And being in Palm Springs in that era... It was a very wild time, and, uh, you know, things got more difficult for my mother, and it was more advantageous for my life and healthier for my life if I didn't live at home. And in those days, you know, there weren't computers and so on, so you couldn't be tracked down. So being homeless was a different sort of existence. And what did you learn? I mean, Nomad Land wins picture of the year, and suddenly there's an interest in this view and this take on the world. I know it wasn't a pleasant experience at all, But it certainly, as you pointed out, shaped you. What's the lesson you took away from that or that you can see in you that came from that? Well, there's a a number of things. I use it as a teaching tool now for others. We all remember the crash of 08. You know, and I was a speaker to our staff when it got very lean that I came from a lesser position eating out of dumpsters and so on. And if I could make it here, then we can all make it. So creating that calm during adverse times and scary times. And then now, even through the pandemic, this sort of self-assurance that I'm going to make it through this and I'm going to make sure all of my people make it through this as well because I've been in a much harder position growing up. And so in this pandemic time and this financial crisis period, they didn't really have the same effect on me as it does other people because I've been at the bottom. And if I can use that energy to help people stay on top, then I win. And that makes me sleep well. You had this tough childhood. You drop out of high school. You're homeless. But you had an inflection point. You had a choice of two jobs. You could work at Penguin's Yogurt Shop or at a wine shop. As the story goes, you actually couldn't get the job you wanted, which was Penguin's Yogurt Shop. So you had to take the wine shop job, sweeping floors. Can you tell us the story there? Yeah, the reason I applied at Penguin's Yogurt and the wine store, it was on the bus line that my girlfriend at the time was going to UCLA. So I could ride the bus to the job, she could then go to UCLA, and it made it very easy. But I really wanted that Penguin's Yogurt job because I think it paid 25 cents an hour more. And that made the difference if I was eating Kraft macaroni and cheese with water or with milk. 
And that was a big thing at that time in my life. And I didn't get that job at Penguin's Yogurt because I didn't have a high school diploma. And so, you know, God touched me and said, you're going to work at this wine store. And here I am today talking to one of the great gurus. So it's worked out. So fate dealt you the right card. But how did you get from there to becoming the right hand to Steve Wallace, who was Wally's founder? You know, it was a very odd situation because I had this giant book of business and I was 24 years old. And at the time, I didn't even really know what a book of business was. I was just helping these guys. And I had an advisor, his name's Ralph Shapiro, who was a very big philanthropist and businessman in LA. And he said, go see my friend, Steve Wallace. Tell him about your book of business. He'll hire you, he'll make you a partner, and you'll be able to buy that house you always wanted. I was 24 years old. You know, I got a 10th grade education. I don't know anything, but I listened to this great man, and he sent me there, and I went to talk to Steve, and it happened. I couldn't believe it. It was shocking. <laughs> but then I was with Steve, and then he had a particular sort of cool style, and he showed me so much more about the world that helped me really develop who I am now. How did you prepare yourself? I mean, you were given this opportunity, but I know you, you didn't just take the opportunity, you worked at it. What else did you do to round yourself out to become the person you are today from someone who did not have a silver spoon, but worked very hard to get where you are? Well, I think, you know, somebody once told me, you know, the harder I work, the luckier I get. So I really took that to heart. And so, you know, talk to my team now, you know, and I still work 60 to 80 hours a week. And I grind all the time. I'm up at 4.30. But I know I'm not smarter than most, so I just have to work twice as hard. And what I try to do is I understand that culture is important, style is important. All these things, for the people I'm trying to touch, those things are important. So I read and I read and I read and I work and I work and I work and I give and I give and I give. And so far, knock on wood, it's working out. So there must have been a moment, you know, Steve Wallace brings you in. You didn't know what a book of business was. You're suddenly doing well. But there has to be a moment in which the page turned for you and you realized you could have a life you never dreamed of. What was that moment that turned the page for you? You know, it was really fairly recently in 2013 when, you know, I have two partners now. And one of my big gurus in life is a guy named Maurice Marciano. And he was getting ready to retire and he came on as an investor, but more as an advisor. And, and he said to me, he goes, Christian, what do you dream about? And at that time, he was referring to business primarily. No one had ever asked me that question. And that just allowed my mind to blow up. That anything was possible. And I had this great man next to me who was going to do that with me. That was really the point where I finally believed that I could do anything that I wanted to if I did my homework and I worked twice as hard as everybody else. We'll be right back with more Math & Magic after this quick break. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? 
You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, Take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives. But those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Math & Magic. Let's hear more from my conversation with Christian Navarro. So, you know, you talk about the Marciano brothers, Paul and Maurice. For people who don't know, they were the co-founders of Guess, you know, highly successful in business, sort of successful in everything they touch. What did they and you see in the future? They said, dream big. What was it you saw that got them and got you excited? You know, Wally's was a typical wine store that you'd see everywhere. 
And, you know, I used to go to Tower Records, thumb through all the records, buy the records. They went out of business. Then I used to go to Blockbuster, get a bunch of movies, candy, watch movies. They're out of business. I'm an antiquarian book collector. All the bookstores are out of business. So I looked around our sort of library style wine store and I said, we're going to be out of business next. We have to change. And if we don't change, I'm going to be selling shoes next year. So I have this idea. What do you think? And they said, wow, that sounds like fun. Let's do it. That's how it started. And so how did you articulate it? How I articulated it is my partners are European. And I just described our favorite little vinotecas, you know, in the great places around the world that we would eat and drink and carry on. And I said, why couldn't we do that in Beverly Hills? And then maybe do it all over the country and all over the world. I think our friends would like it. They said, yeah, I think our friends will like it too. And then all of a sudden, I found that everybody's friends seemed to like it. And it just sort of snowballed from there. So where are you now in that journey of a wine and spirits retailer to where you are today? Not everybody understands exactly what you've done with Wally's, but give us a little bit of the overview. Well, so Wally's was a typical high-end wine store. And then with Paul and Reese coming in, I had this idea to create experiential retail. And as we all know, it's a challenge right now to get people's attention because there's so much noise out there. And I had this idea where you could buy, eat, drink, carry on all night long, hear great music, meet new people that you'd never meet before, and share this sort of really great experience, sort of like a party, or it's almost like a private club, but a private club that everybody's welcome. And communal dining, and you know, you're gonna be sitting next to a movie star who's sitting next to maybe a sixth grade teacher, who's sitting next to a janitor, who's sitting next to a captain of industry, or maybe even sitting next to you, Bob. And you know, all of a sudden you have these conversations with people, and these are people normally you would never, ever talk to in your life. So it creates a really exciting, both for your brain and your stomach and your mouth, this really great experience that's taken on this crazy life of its own. And, you know, a lot of people propose there and they've met there and I've been invited to dozens of weddings now. It's, you know, I, I don't like to say I'm proud of what we've done, but I think we're on our way to a place where I think we can be proud. So talk to me a little bit about physical locations versus digital virtual locations. So my dream is, and I'm talking to you, I'm in Las Vegas right now. We're under construction at the new Resorts World place where we're going to be putting a Wally's and I'm also putting a speakeasy underneath. So my idea is to produce maybe 10 or 12 of these around the world and then tie everything to Electronica. We're going to start at Wally's Television. So we're going to have this whole giant network where we're going to be able to create this sort of line around the world so we'll be able to connect all of these people together. You know, you know this better than anybody. Everybody said for a while, radio's going away. We still need to connect with people, right? I listen to Ryan every morning. It's better than ever. So people still need people. If I can keep evolving and listening to my customers, I don't think the brick and mortar should go away. And I think if we do it right, it won't go away because I still need to meet new people. I want to meet new people. I want to see my friends. Now the electronic method is helping too. So we're really trying to do both. So the wine business been around a long time. Um, how has it changed? What's, what's it going through right now fundamentally? Right now, it's going through a major change. In the wine business, there were two or three guys that would say, this is a good wine or this is a bad wine. Those guys are now gone. 
And the way the world is changing, it's becoming more communal. Now people want to hear from their peers if it's good or bad. They don't want one expert to say this is good or bad. It's really going through a big change and wineries and a lot of these big corporations are rushing to try to change the way they are articulating the quality of their wine. And that's by getting community to articulate how good the wine is. So, as you know, I love tequila, but sadly, I'm not a wine drinker, know little about it, but my friends do, and there are plenty of our listeners who are interested in it. So, I want to steal a second of your time just so we can give them a little tip here. Can you give them two or three fantastic wines they may not know about? Sure. Depending on where you're sitting and your sort of style of what you like to drink, you know, there are new, really cool wines coming out every day. And this creates the evolution, the way it did in music, the way it does in music. Food and wine is still very similar. You know, there's a very interesting Spanish wine called Lopez de Heredia out of Rioja. Generally fairly inexpensive, but delicious. It's light, but it gives you lots of flavor. There's also a wine in Paso Robles made by a, a friend of mine it's called Alexander Vineyards in Paso Robles. It creates an incredible value in Cabernet. So there's a couple of different wines that, that give some interest that aren't crazy expensive, but really give you high quality taste. So let me extend it a little bit. I, when I got into this world through Casa Jogones and my love of tequila, one of the surprises was how much the wine experts knew about tequila and that that nose and palate, that taste worked just as well on spirits. How do you think about tequila? You know, for me, tequila is just beginning. And I think it's, for me, the greatest spirit in the world. It's all natural. You know, you can have it with food like no other beverage. You can have it to party. You can have it to sip. You can have it to enjoy with dinner. And I really think the tequila is just starting. And people say, oh, there are a bunch of tequila brands out there. Let me tell you, the world has not even discovered tequila yet. In America, only in a number of states has it really caught on. It's going to catch on more. And tequila is going to go down as the world's greatest, greatest spirit. The only issue is, is, you know, can we grow enough agave to be able to feed the world's hunger for it? It takes a long time to grow one of those plants. Six to eight years for good agave. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, you know, we've got with Casa Dragones, I'm going to get a little advice from you here as long as I got you. We've got the super smooth Hoven, the expensive one. We've got the tasty Blanco. We've got the new full-bodied double barrel Añejo, white, blue, and black labels. How do you think those three play together? Well, I think, you know, when you released your first Castrogonus, it was the reference standard, high quality, top tequila in the world. Then you came out with your lesser expensive Blanco, which was great. On an everyday, you know, people could afford to drink that. But what was missing, I think, was your Añejo. That sort of really helps extend your brand. And the color of the bottle, which is that sort of almost black on the blue, is striking. The packaging and all your products together. You see that blue, sort of like, you know, we have Wally's green. Your Castro Dragonis blue, people can see it across the room and they instantaneously know whatever that is, it's quality. And what I'd like to see you guys do is add something that's even older at some point and that would really extend your brand, I, I believe. 
Well, your, your advice has always been great. So believe me, when I get off this, I'm going to call Berta and say, okay, here's what I got from Christian. You, she's you one know, of the smartest tequila arrows that I know. She's probably been working on it already. She is so smart and so great. Absolutely. I think you guys are just beginning. And you know, I love your product, as you know, and I'm a big supporter of it, as you know. And, you know, I'm going to be a supporter of it for the rest of my life. It's something I really believe in. Style, class, and taste. A rarity in this world. You're in our history book with a major chapter there. You know, Wally's has been your life's mission, and you're continued to transform it and evolve it. I think there are a lot of people listening today who aren't in this business, but are going through transformations. What worked better than expected in the transformation process, and what failed? I'm always a person that doesn't look back. You know, I'm a guy who likes to tear down the rearview mirror. And I always think about where I'm going, and I think less about my failures. I'm a little bit like a defensive back on a football team who just got burned for a touchdown. I always think I'm going to intercept the ball sort of thing. This experiential retail thing that we've created, you know, Paul and Maurice and I, we thought it was going to be fun for our friends and we'd have some cheese boards and maybe have a tequila or two and hang out. And now we've got people from all over the world really, really chasing us hard for this model. And, you know, that has worked a lot better than I ever dreamed it could. My hat's off to them for giving me the energy to be able to do that. And then the other side, you know, I had a couple of crazy ideas about getting in the auction business, which we weren't very successful with. And I learned from that I can't be all things to all people. I have to know what I dream about, and I have to just chase that and not overextend myself past things that don't really get all of my attention. So let's talk a little bit about company culture and employees. How did you get your employees to embrace this new vision? this new mission? You know, I, again, have a very close relationship with most of my staff. We have, you know, near 500 employees now, and it gets harder and harder. But I think the first thing is, is you have to be able to articulate your dream and your story. And I know that you've done this over the years with a number of the companies that you've been involved with. And being able to communicate and articulate your dream, and then they see you working side by side with them, even though they're the employee, and they know that you're willing to lift that weight just as much as they are to get this dream, that's where you start to get the buy-in. Right? Once they understand the vision and then they see that you're going to do anything that you can, even doing a job that's not an executive job, cleaning the toilet bowls or whatever, then they know you're completely committed. And that's what people want. They want to believe. We all want to believe. So how do you start with these, say Vegas, you're going to start with a whole new operation there. You're going to have incredible people, big vision. It's sort of, you know, your vision on steroids. How are you going to find the people, onboard them, and get them aligned with this mission? I have a few people that I've worked with for a long time that know exactly the kind of personality that I'm looking for. I'm looking for characters people who are free thinking, people who are critical thinkers, other than them being perfect waiters or perfect wine store clerks. I want personality and people who can think on their feet and listen to the customer. So we search for that particular person and good help, as you know, is always hard to find in any business, but we try to let people know that we have a real dream and a real vision and that we're doing something different. And that seems exciting for a lot of people in our business. So it's allowing us to be able to grab some really interesting talent around. And that allows us a little more Casa Dragonis here and there. <laughs> we love that. 
So let's go to the pandemic. I mean, I've never seen anything like it in my life. I've never imagined it was possible. Hundred-year flood seems like nothing compared to what we all had to endure. How did it hit your business, and how did you adjust to it? It affected us greatly. It affected most businesses greatly to the negative. It really affected hospitality, restaurants, and hotels, perhaps the worst. We also went back to that old wine store model where we could deliver products and we could buy online. So even though it did greatly affect us, we were able to persevere and develop a whole new sort of catering delivery food company that we never had. So one door closes and another door opens, you know, we discovered something new. There's a lot of pain for many of us, but through that, there's great light. And now we have a whole nother portion of our company that's continuing to thrive. Now it's allowing me to hire back even more people. So there are some good things that came out of that. You are known for extraordinary customer service. How far will you go? You got any great stories about how far you go for customer service? I can't say the name, but there's a very famous movie star whose wife was shooting a movie in Hungary and it was her birthday. She was born in 1975. And he called me two days before. He says, I need this case of 1975 Petrus gift wrapped and delivered to her in Hungary. And I said, what? That's not going to happen. He says, I really need this to happen. So what I did is I bought my employee a ticket. I made him bring gift wrapping, bring all the stuff for the box, flew to Hungary, put it all together, handed her the gift, and came back on the plane the next day. If I can make my customers happy, we'll do anything. Uh, that's an amazing story. So you've come a long way. You've talked about this dichotomy of the life you've led. If you could go back and give advice to your 20-year-old self, what would that advice be? Believe in yourself and everything's going to be okay. You know, the fear is always the hardest part, that fear of the unknown. But if you have a strong will, you will survive. Christian, we end each episode of Math & Magic by giving a nod to Math & Magic, to the science and art of marketing and business. Now, in your world, who would you give the nod to for being the superstar on the science, analytical, or math side? And who would you give that nod to on the creative side, the art or magic side? You know, living or dead is the question. Either one. We'll take them all. For me, I said this earlier in the conversation, I'm all about Leonardo da Vinci. He was, you know, when it says Renaissance man, he's the guy. He was a draftsman, engineer, theorist, sculptor, painter, architect, scientist, all of these things. And also, he painted a couple of paintings, too, you might hear of. Mona Lisa and Last Supper. I mean, this guy was probably one of the most amazing human beings that, that's ever been born. So I think about him quite a bit. And, you know, I, I really pay attention to the many things that he does and how he always thought out of the box. And I love people who think outside the box and the living ones today. And look at even what Sean Parker said, Bob, you're a hero of mine. You've done so many things across so many businesses. And you're one of the true entrepreneur thinkers that I know on planet Earth. And I wouldn't be here on this podcast if it weren't you. But you inspire me and you give me a lot of energy. You're very nice. Well, believe me, I'm sucking up your energy, too. I appreciate it. Christian, I am a great admirer of what you've built and are building. And by the way, I'm forever grateful for the important and early support as we built Casa Dragonis and that ongoing support and idea generation from you. Thanks for that. And thanks for joining us today. 
Bob, I love you. Thank you so much. Here are a few things I learned from my conversation with Christian. One, if it ain't broke, fix it. Wally's was a successful enterprise even before Christian joined the team. But rather than rest on his laurels, he was determined to innovate, and he did beautifully. Two, let life's challenges inform, but not limit your goals. Instead of letting his early obstacles keep him from dreaming big, when Christian sets a goal, he, in his own words, tears down the rearview mirror and moves forward. Three, trends come and go, but connection remains vital. If you make connection the heartbeat of your business, your product will never go out of style. Four, and naturally, I learned which wines will make me a hero. Thanks for listening. I'm Bob Pittman. That's it for today's episode. Thanks so much for listening to Math and Magic, a production of iHeartRadio. The show is hosted by Bob Pittman. Special thanks to Sue Schillinger for booking and wrangling our wonderful talent, which is no small feat. Nikki Etor for pulling research, Bill Plax and Michael Azar for their recording help, our editor Ryan Murdoch, and of course, Gail, Raul, Eric, Angel, Noel, Mango, and everyone who helped bring this show to your ears. Until next time. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get ready for Smart Money Happy Hour. Pull up a chair. It's the happy hour you wish your friends were having. Mix two money experts with some hot takes and a splash of nostalgia, and you get me, George Camel. And me, Rachel Cruz, talking unfiltered about what's going on in the world, pop culture, and how to afford a life you love. We're talking money, celebrity budgets, and my budget for my two French Bulldogs. It's a lot. (laughs) You'll hear it all on Smart Money Happy Hour. Listen on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.